All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, the 26th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, and I'm Pat. And Clayton, we are in the studio in B.O. Boys Central. We're about to talk about a huge opening weekend, maybe not in raw dollars, but definitely in hype, expectation, controversy. And we're about to find out how that all came out in the wash. So could you could you give us a plow for the weekend of Friday, September 23rd? Yes. Number one, don't worry, darling. 19.2 million in its opening weekend. Number two, The Woman King. $11.1 million down only 42%. It is at $36.2 million in its second frame. Number three, the re-release of Avatar made $10 million in its 667th weekend. It is now at $770.5 million. Number four, Barbarian made $4.8 million, down only 26%. And get this, Pat, added 550 theaters It is now at $28.4 million in its third weekend. And number five, Pearl made $1.9 million, down 39%, added 47 theaters. It's at $6.6 million in its second weekend, which is very interesting Mm -hmm. because we thought Bullet Train was going to be here. Yes. But not only did Bullet Train not make it to five, it didn't make it to six wow. because see how they run made 1.9 down only 37%. It added wow. 98 theaters and it's at $6 million in its second weekend. So Pearl and see how they run seem to be running in tandem because there is only $18 million difference between Pearl and see how they run. 18 million or 18? I'm, I'm sorry, 18,000. Yeah, yeah. Because 18 million would be a Is a, a big, big difference. difference. Yeah, yeah. But 18,000 18, is nothing. There's only $18,000 between these two movies and they've been running neck and neck wow. for these two weekends. And you know, good for see how they run, good for Pearl as well. Yeah. But especially I think see how they run, it's a searchlight movie, mm-hmm. not much promotion. And 1.9 for this, you know, going up against two adult titles like Don't Worry Darling and The Woman King. And that's pretty impressive, it's pretty I think. good, yeah. I mean, See How They Run is a movie that you could easily have seen just being a straight-up Hulu drop. Mm-hmm. And I think that it says a lot for the star power of Shorsha Ronan that A, this movie had to go into movie theaters, and B, it's held really well it's making some money in the theater it really shows us and is she a butts in the seats movie star like a meryl streep like a denzel no of course not Mm. but she is a movie star she's a movie actress she is not a streamo she's not someone who you just drop onto hulu or like a vanity 300 screen she's she's a someone who her movies should be in movie theaters, and people want to go see them. People would prefer to see her on the big screen. Yeah. And that's a good thing to have. That's yeah. a good person to be in your movie. Yeah. Also, Sam Rockwell. I mean, he's yeah. a value-add. Yeah. I do think he's a value-add for a certain demographic. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's and Pearl, that is a great hold for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. For a horror movie that is a prequel to a different horror movie exactly. that wasn't 
you know, it's not a Freddy movie. X no. is a uh, a very little seen indie movie, and this is a prequel coming out six months later, and it's holding pretty well. The audience for that likes it, apparently. Yeah, and to be fair to Bullet Train at mm. number seven. Which we always want to be. It made 1.8. So it's, I mean, it's not like it It was 1.2. It wasn't under a million dollars. I mean, it, all these movies were very close. So Bullet Train, 99.2 million. Wow. It's getting there. It's going to do it because it made 1.8. It only dropped 29%. I mean, it is losing theaters, but that's because, you know, obviously the Woman King is out. So that is also a Sony picture. So, I mean, you know, Bullet Train is going to go to 100. I mean, and we do applaud for Bullet Train, We right? do. Well, I'm going to throw this out there. At 100. And, and you can oh, say Oh, divvy no. it up. You can say yeah. no. Do we want to divvy up the 100 for Bullet Train on our next episode? I That's, think our next uh, early uh, early week. Our next Monday, Monday episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I okay. think we should. And now, uh, just really quick before we get into these, don't worry, darling. And I know everybody yeah. wants us to get into this. And because, don't worry, darlings. We'll get into it. Yes. Danny from I Screen, You Scream mm-hmm. for the number four yep. movies yep. was asking us, when are you going to clap for for Maverick? When yes. are you going to clap for to, uh, Top Gun Maverick? And we've been collecting these claps, yes. including Danny's. Danny, we have your clap. We didn't lose it. We didn't drop it somewhere. We have your claps. We are going to do that when Top Gun, I believe, Ends its run in theaters. Okay. That's when I think we should do it. When yeah. we get that final cue, we know kind of where it's going to be sitting in right. the all-time domestic, which it's not going to be moving up at this point. Right. If anything, it'll move down in the next couple of months, depending on Avatar 2, maybe Wakanda Forever. Yeah. But we do want to pretty much put a wrap on it when it's only in a few theaters, possibly. Yes. And it looks like, you know, it's still in 2,000 theaters. That I mean, that's incredible. This movie came out at the end of May. Yeah, and it made 1.5 this weekend for number nine. It only dropped 30%. It's at 711, so 18th weekend. So I do think once it's pretty much this thing is just going to be making hundreds of thousands or whatever, that's when we're going to clap for yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. But we have been collecting the claps, of course, if you haven't sent your clap in, any wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people, send your claps to the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. I, I think this is just going to be a special episode where we just let the claps flow for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. That might be what that is. But yeah, so Danny, don't worry. We will have our clap spectacular, claptacular for Top Gun Maverick in the coming weeks. It'll happen. And speaking of not worrying, is it time to worry? Do we worry? Do we stop worrying? I mean, what what level of worry should any of us have on this earth based on this opening weekend of Don't Worry, Darling? Well, our last episode, mm-hmm. which all of our episodes are must-listen. Yes, of course. But we did speculate on the, the possible trajectories for this movie. Mm-hmm. We knew that these preview numbers were going to be high. Yes. Because yes. we knew there was a lot of buzz. I mean, it was akin to, on a smaller, very much smaller level, mm-hmm. to a Marvel movie about, we need to see this first. Yes. We don't want to be spoiled. We need to be the first person at the virtual water cooler yep. talking about seeing this film. Yep. 
Also, uh, Anthony D'Alessandro in Box Office. Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, in Deadline, mm-hmm. who is a must-read every, every weekend. Every week, you, you must. Uh, a D stands for Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he said that this was a young female skewing film. It also skewed a little bit older, too, because, you know, there's fans of, of, of Harry Styles that are also, you know, in their 30s right, or 40s right. and so on. But they they come out early, the young women, mm-hmm. and then they go away. Yes. Unless this movie crosses over into this is a drama I must see. The word of mouth is great. I want to see it again. I want to see it again. You know, No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home style. Where they become phenomenons. Right. And he said this was what he expected it to be. The women came out. Thursday, Friday, and then nothing. Yep. Not nothing, Not nothing, but less. The drops were bigger on Saturday and Sunday than they expected. Yes. I mean, Sony was always saying 17, but if you Warner listen- Warner Brothers. I'm sorry, uh, Warner Brothers, you're right, uh, said 17. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to our special Friday episode mm-hmm. with Zach Krieger, mm-hmm. writer-director of Barbarian, yes. a movie we'll get to soon, mm-hmm. he said that- you know, when you get those ex- when you get those tracking numbers, when you get those expectations, mm-hmm. they always go low. Yes, yes. Because then when it goes high, you're pumped up. Right, right. With with, with studio prognostications, it's more a case of they go high, we go low. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So 17 was what Warner Brothers was saying. This ended up 19.2. But with those preview numbers, if you were going to extrapolate from a movie that had good word of mouth and held and people really wanted to see and liked, they were saying it could go all the way to 27. Right. I mean, I think the big takeaway here from Don't Worry Darling is Harry Styles has something for sure as as someone that you put in your movies because mm-hmm. he has a fan base. Yes. And he's got a fan base of a lot of young women a lot of aspirational older women who all want to see him. They all want to imagine themselves with him. Whatever. They just are entertained by him. And he gets them out to the theater. But the other takeaway of Don't Worry Darling is people are not liking this movie and people are not recommending this movie because the high Thursday night and Friday numbers did not translate into steady or increased business on Saturday and Sunday. And that's all about... What is the word of mouth? So the word of mouth on this movie is clearly not good. Yes. And I mean, we saw, we we see this happen with something like The Woman King, which had a, a good hold on Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Barbarian, especially like these movies moving up. Right. This movie did nothing but move down. Right. And right. that is not, does not bode well for the future. I right. mean, this movie is going to collapse next weekend. Oh, 100%. I mean, here's a weekend I think that none of us will ever forget, especially if, if you were a early wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person, person listening to this show back in early 2020, thinking of, uh, specifically maybe it was late January, early February 2020, the opening weekend of Bad Boys for mm, Life. Yeah. Where that was one of those weekends where, wow, the Thursday numbers are great. It looks like it's going to open in the... 50s. Then the sat- Friday's looking great. Maybe this is going to go up to 60. Saturday numbers are coming in. Is this going to open? And basically throughout that entire weekend, the estimates for the opening weekend kept going higher and higher. 
because the word of mouth on that movie was great and the business was only increasing as the weekend went on because that was a good movie that people liked and people recommended. Don't worry, darling, is that exact opposite where there was a lot of things in its favor early on. You had Harry Styles, you had all the controversy, you had Florence Pugh swirling her martini glass on the red carpet at the Venice Film Festival. It all led to a lot of advanced ticketing the first night or two, but this is a movie that the reviews are bad, the audience scores are bad, the movie, listen, I saw this movie, the movie is bad. Mm -hmm. It is. We all have to accept it. It's not sexism, huh? It's not. It's just the movie. Booksmart was good. Don't Worry Darling is not good. And that's clearly the word that has gotten out over the course of this weekend. And, uh, I mean, it dropped 39% from Friday to Saturday. You mm-hmm. don't want to see that. The, the the people who saw it the most, so the best markets were L.A. markets, mm-hmm. L.A. and New York, of course. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, because there, it's such an industry story. Yes. And the yes. industry came out to see this and, and maybe learn from its mistakes. And I do think that... 19.2 is still really good for this sort of movie. It is. I mean, it's it's what in you this would, marketplace. It's what you would hope a movie like this, which is a big studio, highly promoted, has name value stars in it. You would hope this type of movie opening at 19 million isn't such a surprise. Mm-hmm. But again, this isn't 1998 anymore. You know, back when this was a more regular thing. So we are happy with, overall, this movie made 19. I think in a vacuum, that would have been great. The disappointment comes from, based on the Thursday night and Friday numbers, like you said, we were thinking, could this hit 25, 26 million? And a version of this movie that is good and well-reviewed and well-liked could have done that. Mm -hmm. You know, a version of this movie that is good and well-liked is Gone Girl. Yes. You know, and Gone Girl, I'm guessing, what did that open to? 25? Did that hit 30? It opened in the 20s, I'm thinking. But that is a version of this type of movie with some star power, with some advanced controversy and buzz, with, you know, an appeal towards adults, not kids. It's not IP. That's a movie that was a good movie, and therefore it opened up in the 20s. Well, Gone Girl actually opened to 37.5. To 37. But you do have to remember this was a big director, big stars. I mean, that's that's a – the comp that D'Alessandro uses, which is interesting, is Focus, Mm -hmm. which is the Will Smith, Margot Robbie starer from 2015, Mm -hmm. which opened to 18.6 and was looked at as a disappointment. Right. Because even back then, not that long ago, which I guess it is – pretty long ago, almost 10 years, that sort of movie could still open really big. Right, right. And it was a Will Smith movie, and Will Smith wasn't, you know, 1998 through 2010 Will Smith, but he was still Will Smith in 2015. You you were hoping that he could still open a movie like that to $35 million. Now, do we want to speculate a little bit on what this does for the people behind this movie. Okay. In the sense of Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, Chris Pine, Harry Styles. So 
what, what, who does this bode well for and who does this bode not well for? Okay, so also coming in with both the knowledge of I've seen this movie and we're analyzing the numbers. Here's right off the bat, I think it doesn't matter to Chris Pine at all. I think Chris Pine, people who didn't like this movie still thought Chris Pine was good in it. I think people who didn't like the press tour for Don't Worry Darling thought Chris Pine was good in that. I think Chris Pine, between his performance as the, you know, the the quirky whatever in this movie, say he's, listen, from the trailer, you know he is a villain. So he's got that kind of part in the movie, and everyone liked him in it. Everyone liked his long hair and his sunglasses and getting spit on at the premiere. So I think Chris Pine is fine. This movie's box office doesn't hurt him or help him in any way. He could still do a Star Trek movie if he wants, and he could still, you know, do some quirky comedy supporting roles. Like, he's he's fine. Yeah, he's at this. the same level that he's been for a while. Yes, yeah. yes, where he's like a guy who everyone knows, but he's never going to open a movie based on his name, but also he'll always get cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Florence Pugh... I think this sort of helps her because she's another one where people who don't like this movie all think she was at worst fine in it or at best she's the one who held it together. You see a version of that in every review right now. Florence Pugh holds this mess together and everyone writes their different version of that sentence. And she looked great on the red carpet. It opened. You know, like that's what you ask for of a star is it opens. I think legs are more about the movie, but all we ask of a movie star is they open a movie. And I think whether she's the reason this open or not, which I don't think she is, you could point to this as a movie that she opened. Yes, I totally agree. I think this is great for her. I think if she's going to be a star, it starts now. I mean, she's going to have, I mean, this was already announced. She's got this Thunderbolts movie that's coming on Marvel because she's the new Black Widow or whatnot. So that's going to be huge for her profile. The fact that she hasn't said it, but we all know she knows this movie's a mess. Yes. She can say, well, listen, it was mishandled. This wasn't the script I signed on for. All these different things. So the way the movie ended up is not on her shoulders. No. No, right. and she'll get to, she'll get to in the years to come, which I'm sure she has some kind of like, do not disparage clause in her contract at least through, you know, when this movie goes on VOD or whatever. But listen, we all know we're going to see in the next couple of years Florence Pugh being on like the Graham Norton show, yes, and she's going to be cheekily making fun of this movie, and she's going to host SNL at some point, and they're going to do a sketch where she's, you know, uh, spoofing Don't Worry Darling mm-hmm. and or at least a weekend update piece or whatever. They'll have someone in the cast playing Olivia Wilde. as a, Cecily you know, Strong. Right. Cecily Strong will be playing Olivia Wilde and she'll have like, you know, makeup running down her face or she'll be out of control or something. And then Florence Pugh will saddle up next to her and like spit water at her and everyone will clap and Florence Pugh is going to get to dine out on making fun of this movie at some point. And we're all going to look at her as the hero of this stupid movie. And she comes off as authentic. Yes. Because the way she's reacting to all these things, she's relatable in in her annoyance. Yes. Olivia Wilde, 
exposed herself as a phony. Well, actually, Shia LaBeouf kind of exposed her as a phony. And so I think that is something that's going to harm her. Uh, So I am curious about the Olivia Wilde thing because in the end— it, it's it is it is two different things with this movie. I think if anyone is going to take a hit from this movie, it would be her mm-hmm. because I think the studio is going to look at her just like not managing the promotion of this very well. The fact that she got wrapped up in and listen, we're not taking sides here or this or that, but like the fact that she got pulled into the whole Shia LaBeouf, you know, video thing where she's making a video on in her car, which also don't drive and make videos to send to Shia LaBeouf. I, I'm sure she's not Get the only the person road. who does it. Sure. So she's just been exposed to someone who does it, but I'm sure this happens all the time. I'm sure Chris Pine does it. I'm sure Florence Pugh does it. So like, but, but we don't have she got, evidence. She got caught making a video while she's driving, yeah. which none of us should do. Yeah. I don't even drive. So purposely, I, I could never make a video while I'm driving because mm-hmm. I don't even drive. Yeah. So I'm in the clear on that. But she got caught doing that. The whole, you know, whatever feud there was or wasn't with her and Florence Pugh, people took Florence Pugh's side. And and the, the thing is, the movie did not come out very well, which happens. Directors make good movies. They make bad movies. She's made a good movie. This was a bad movie. Yeah. But it will be it, – it's tough to say what exactly – is the outcome for her coming out of this because the movie doesn't come out well. The promotional tour was a bit of a mess, but she could point to my movie made $19 million opening weekend. Yeah. And how many directors of non-IP movies are able to say that? Not so many. I don't think she's even going to be... I, I mean, listen, it could happen, but I would be surprised if Olivia Wilde gets sent to director's jail for Don't Worry Darling. It's a movie that opens at $19.2 million. I think we're going to see in the next few days or maybe week or so an announcement of Olivia Wilde's next project. Yep. I mean, it's similar to something that happened with Charlie's Angels, with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks, who directed that movie. Now, that movie was a disaster financially. Right. But then we got this announcement that Elizabeth Banks is working on blank, you know, uh, fill in the blank whatever project, which never came to pass or maybe is still in the works. And, and, and so that's Banks a little bit. someone who's directed genuine hits yeah, she before. D- yeah, She's she, bankable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She did the Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that's one of those things where we're going to see that. We're going to see that people still want to be in the Olivia Wilde business. I think so, yeah. So she does get another, another shot. Now, I, I think public perception-wise, people's her likability is lower. Right. Uh, um, and that's just because of the perceived difference between her and Florence Pugh. And again, listen, I like Florence Pugh as an actress. I don't know her as a person. So she could also be a complete phony. And everybody's phony Everyone's in some phony. element, right? Everyone, like you said, everyone could be making weird videos to send to Shalia Buff while they're driving. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Chris except Pine. me. I'm the only one who we could guarantee can't because I do not drive. So exactly. I am not driving and filming videos to send to Shalia Buff. But we can all agree your hands are clean here. Yeah. So, uh, but I do think at the end of the day, Yes, the expectations from the larger media could have been, oh, this could have been a total smash, and it's not, but 19 is good. Yes. Well, here is someone who I think comes out of this 
smelling like a rose or at least smelling like someone who's going to get a lot of offers to star in movies is Harry Styles. Because Harry Styles is the reason to me that this movie made $19 million because I think there is a version of this movie that comes out that stars, maybe it stars Shia LaBeouf, maybe it stars, I don't want to say Zac Efron, who would be someone else who if they didn't cast Harry Styles, Chris Hemsworth. There's a version of this movie where it's Chris Hemsworth, once that Shia LaBeouf leaves the project, they cast Chris Hemsworth in that part instead of Harry Styles, and that version of Don't Worry Darling opens up to eight or nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything else stays the same, although I guess then we're in an alternate universe where Olivia Wilde doesn't date the star of the movie on the set and all that. But just based on star power, there is a version of this exact same movie that is equally bad starring Chris Hemsworth and that movie opens up to nine million. It stars Shia LaBeouf, that movie opens up to seven million. Harry Styles is the reason that this movie opened up even with the big drop coming up, opened up to $19.2 million. Well, here's the numbers backing you up. Mm-hmm. And we're all about the numbers. Yes. B.O. boys. Yes. Money, percentages, audience uh, percentages. These are actual concrete numbers. Mm-hmm. So according to Post Track, the number one reason moviegoers went to see this movie, Harry Styles, mm-hmm. 39%. Wow. Here's the surprising thing, though, Pat. Yeah. Right on his heels, 38% said Florence Pugh. That's great for her. 31% said the cast in general. Which then is both of them split in half. Yeah, and 29% went for the genre. Wow. So that's huge for him. Again, he's the number one reason. But Florence Pugh, I mean, that's big. 38% said they wanted to see her. I mean, we talked about on the preview episode uh, this past weekend, this is going to be a real sign of has Florence Pugh made herself into a star on this press tour? Has she, the way she's worked her, the mystery around her where she won't go on shows promoting it, the way she's worked it where she's kind of been on our side, being annoyed at the whole thing, the way that, listen, She's gone around just looking great, looking like a star. Has she made herself into a movie star leading up to this? And the answer is pointing towards, yes, she's done a lot of work towards making herself into a movie star. She's not Meryl Streep. She's not Denzel. She's not Tom Hanks. She's not Brad Pitt right now. But she's on that path towards however much you could be a movie star these days. She's heading there. And she's on the wave of there's this thing that's happening now with a lot of people who are, quote unquote, quietly quitting. Mm -hmm. And she quietly quit this movie in a sense where she was like, I will do the minimal. I will do what I negotiated in my contract. And that's it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people respect that. A lot of people look to that as, I wish I could do that. Yes. I wish I could be as unengaged with something I don't believe in as Florence Pugh is able to be. It's aspirational. Yes, yes. That is it. There was a time when movie star aspiration was about, look how they look in these diamonds. You know, Liz Taylor, she's a movie star I aspire to be like because she wears diamonds. She has a, a perfume called Diamonds. It's all about the diamonds with the movie stars. Now, 
Florence Pugh is I aspire to be a movie star like her because it means I could quit my job and be lazy, which I'm not saying Florence Pugh is lazy, but, you know, she got to not have to do a lot of promotion for this movie. I, I don't. I won't agree it's laziness. No, no, I think not it's laziness. more being able to make to, a to, stand. Yes, to go against the system. La- yes. r- laziness is not the right word. but She's to, raging against the machine. Yes, yes, yes. And in lieu of there being rage against the machine in a mainstream way, Florence Pugh takes that spot. So that's great. So let's, and, and we are definitely going to keep track of what this does in weekend two, which we think it's going to plummet. And it's we'll talk plummet. about that on our Thursday episode. How far can Don't Worry Darling go down? Yes, we'll talk about that. One more thing on Harry Styles. I think that he gets a lot of credit for people coming out to this movie, which means he's going to get cast. He's going to get offers to be the head of, the lead in other movies. Is he the next Bond? Well, the thing the thing that goes against him coming out of this movie is that he was very bad in it. And we're not critics, huh? Huh? We're not here to talk about, you know, who's good, who's bad, huh? huh? But I guess to some degree we are in that he was so... Listen, I saw this movie and there was parts of this movie where the crowd laughs at the movie because of what Harry Styles is doing. But is that him or is that the direction I, and the I, script? I think it's both because the the twist in this movie gets laughs. Mm-hmm. And we've heard a lot coming out of it that the twist is something people think was not well done. And so that part gets laughs and it involves Harry Styles. But there are scenes that get laughs that get laughs because he has to act a lot and he's at this point in his life he's not quite good enough at it to pull off some of the things he's asked to pull off. So I think to whatever degree acting ability affects the 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 uh kind of roles you're going to get this movie doesn't doesn't uh really paint a good light on his acting ability but it doesn't matter he opened it to 19.2 million a different star in that role opens it to like seven or eight million. So he's going to get big roles coming out of this. Great. Now, talk about somebody who's going to get big roles coming out of of a movie mm-hmm. and possibly different type of roles than they're used to. Viola Davis in The Woman King. Wow. Number two dropped only 41%. Wow. Made $11.1 million, which you nailed. Yeah. I nailed it. I said this was going to hold incredibly well, and I called it at around $11 million. Yeah. yeah. And so this movie is a success, $36.2 million. Wow. People like this movie. It was going up against a movie that was also aimed at adults. Don't worry, darling. I yeah. know young women as well. But if for this movie, for Don't Worry, Darling to actually succeed, it needed to have adults going to it. And yes, those yes. adults did not really show up in droves, especially yeah. on your Saturdays and Sundays. Right. Woman King, big hit for Sony, big win, great. They promoted the heck out of this movie. It paid dividends, but then the movie did its job. Yes. The movie yes. did its job by being something people actually wanted to see. Yes. And we're seeing that with this drop. Yeah, Woman King. Yeah. I mean, we talked about last week how that opening weekend starts to point towards is Viola Davis going to have that later in their career full-on movie star run that you know Meryl Streep got when she she I mean she had been a movie star but like 
when Meryl Streep started doing the comedies in the 2000s, the uh, Julie and Julia, Mamma Mia. Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. That's when she fully became a, wow, Meryl Streep opens movies to $30, $40 million a clip. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Liam Neeson, when he did Taken, became that kind of movie star. Denzel continued to be able to be a movie star late because he was a action genre opener. So is this Viola Davis being able to segue into like late in career, post-Oscar, full-on box office star? And this hold really points to that because this is about people saying, we got to go see this Viola Davis action movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what she does next. I mean, she is going to be in that enviable position, hopefully, Mm -hmm. where she is able to still do dramatic work, do those sort of prestige, get nominated for an Oscar in the same year that she does a movie where she's shooting bad guys and kicking tushes. Yep, yep. And there's a type of movie that I think is going to open way better for her coming after The Woman King than it would have years ago. Like, I think Widows is a movie that if Widows was coming out next year, starring Viola Davis, the star of The Woman King, that's a movie that would probably be a much bigger hit next year than it was when it came out a few years ago. And I know Widows was— It would still open—it would open bigger, but it would drop. Maybe. I mean, the thing is, it would open bigger. Like, anything she does from this point is going to open bigger because coming off The Woman King, she feels a lot more like a movie star than she ever has. Mm-hmm. But they need to definitely make sure if they give her action roles, they need to be akin to the equalizer like Denzel had, something like that, which is still a pretty decent budget, looks good, and not, you know, some half-ass sort of later-day Liam Neeson vehicle, right? right I mean, right. You, you have to make sure that you're putting the money and promotion behind it. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we don't want Viola Davis to now churn out uh, The Marksman and Honest Thief and those type of movies in a row. Mm -hmm. You want her to have her run, even like Liam Neeson did, where he's doing uh, some of those movies that came right after Taken, like nonstop, where they were at least like a higher quality. The Greys, those, I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, he has, I mean, he's, listen, he's a mensch. He had a great run. He did some great action movies. I think there's just that level of anything will run its course. Yeah, yeah. But Viola Davis seems to be at the start of that type of run, and it's going to be very exciting to see it. The Woman King is a big hit, and The Woman King is a movie that weathered that storm of Don't Worry Darling opening this past weekend, and probably by Saturday and Sunday, it became, again, the choice of those adults, those oldsters who were going to see, they're deciding we're the group that would see a movie that's not IP. And maybe on Thursday night, Friday night, that group was deciding to see Don't Worry Darling. But then by the time the reviews started getting out by Saturday, they were like, you know what, let's just go. We didn't see Woman King. Let's go see that. Yeah, and I think it, I mean, it it, 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 um, plays out that Woman King did better Going forward on Saturday and, you know, estimates on Sunday. Wow. uh, Because I do think that that Don't Worry Darling audience, like you said, said, you know what? Let's just see the movie that is actually good and people like. 
And it paid dividends for Avatar, too, because Avatar, at number three, made $10 million. Wow. That's a number I nailed. Yes, yes. But you were also very I think close. I also you, said that because I, I had a woman said, king just above Avatar. Yeah. And you were, you were thinking that they were both going to make around 11. Yeah, so you yeah, were going to yeah. be like, you know, woman king makes 11 point something and then Avatar makes 11. But, I mean, I do think that you pretty much nailed this top. Well, here's an interesting thing about this Avatar three. re-release weekend is when those Thursday night and Friday estimates came in, it looked like Don't Worry Darling could make in the mid-20s and they were sort of calling Avatar, predicting Avatar re-release to make around nine. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the Avatar re-release made over 10 shows that that was getting good word of mouth over the course of the weekend. Because yes. it overperformed on Saturday and on Sunday. So, I mean, again, this is a movie that came out 10, 12 years ago, so it's weird that the word of mouth increased over the weekend, but it does go to show that this weekend, like we talked about last week, this weekend re-release of Avatar introduced the movie to a new audience, and I do think there were younger people who had never seen this movie before, saw it on Thursday night, saw it on Friday, saw it on Saturday morning, and then were telling their other younger friends there's this cool new movie called Avatar. You got to see this thing. It's trippy, man. And I don't know. They probably wouldn't say it's trippy, man. That would be a 60-year-old would say that. But whatever the modern version. It's a happening. It's a happening. Maybe. I don't know if they would say that. Danny of Ice Screen, You Scream, Four Movies, or Austin, or one of our younger wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people. Let us know what the modern equivalent of it's trippy, it's a happening. What are the kids saying? But whatever that is, I think the kids were saying that on Saturday after they saw Avatar. So I don't have any number. I mean, no numbers on deadline for under 18, but mm-hmm. 59% were between 18 to 34. That's great. And I there mean, was a, young. There was a lot of people over 35, though, and those are the nostalgic people. Those yes. are the people who are nostalgic for the original Avatar run. But you need both. Yeah. You need newbies and you need hardcores. Yeah. You that, need the you need the older people who are just dying to go back. They want to go back to Avatar. Remember that was a big thing when that first movie came out. They wanted to live in that world. The, uh, what is the world new, card? Not Narnia. I want to say Narnia, but I know it's not Narnia. It's uh, and it's not Wakanda. It's uh, it's whatever that. I mean, listen. I'm someone who never went back. I Pandora. Saw Pandora. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is the Pandora music service still yes a viable company that's still around? Okay. So that was a big thing when Avatar first came out. Is you had those people wanted to live in Pandora. They saw the movie. 6, 10, 20, 30 times in theaters because they just wanted to live there. And 10 years later, those people's lives are still what they were then. You know, it's they want to go back and live in Pandora. And you need that type of person to make Big Bank on Avatar. You need those people who are still like, I got to go live in Pandora because my life is whatever it is. Yes, Now, I mentioned in the last episode that ticket price difference was going to make, you know, a difference in these numbers to Mm -hmm. get Avatar where it was. 
And there was, I, I can't find it right now, but there was on deadline the the difference, the disparity between the uh, ticket price. And it was a huge disparity between Avatar and Woman King and Don't Worry, right. Darling. Because Avatar was in exclusively PLFs, okay. IMAXs, and 3D. Mm-hmm. So that really drove a lot of it. But, it, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it's a big screen experience. Yes. That's why you go see Avatar. We talked last uh, last episode about this is not a movie to watch on TV. Right. This, this is, is a not movie a hotel watch. room movie. It's not Goodfellas. This is a movie to watch on the biggest screen possible in 3D. Yes. That's how it was intended. And so you're going to see with The Way of Water that that movie, when it comes out, and we'll, of course, cross that bridge when it, when it comes out, but yeah, yeah. that ticket is going to be very expensive. Yes. But people are willing to... Have a premium experience. Yes. These Avatar fans, the young people who just got their appetites wet, uh, wetted, and then the people who want to go back to Pandora will pay that ticket. Here's, here's, and again, we're going to talk a lot of Avatar when the sequel comes out. I'm just throwing this out there now. They should charge for opening weekend of that movie. They should charge like a hundred dollars a ticket. Yes. For 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 Thursday night. Yes. Thursday night. The whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday, should be a hundred dollars a ticket for Avatar. Yep. Too. Uh, and because listen, that shouldn't be the way all the way because like everyone should get to go see this movie, but they could easily, easily, easily get the people who want to go see Avatar two opening weekend to pay a hundred dollars a ticket because. The people who want to go see it, they want that more than anything in the world. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. Maybe it's not the opening weekend. Maybe it's a special preview. Maybe it's just Thursday night. Y- sure. You do, or, or before Thursday, that. Before yeah. the actual opening, mm-hmm. it's a special preview. Right. And it's like a hundred bucks. And yeah. the and it opens on how many ever IMAX screens, that, 3D IMAX screens that they can handle right. it. They're like... Here's the here's and it's it's one showing like almost make it a fathom event. I no, I mean listen, I would go towards almost the whole first weekend. The thing okay. is, I think that Avatar could charge whatever it wants for those first couple of days because the 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 people who are dying to see this, they want to live in the world. They they'll they'll pay anything. Yeah, and uh, I'm not here to in uh, to advocate for price gouging or whatever, but yeah. for a movie. For one day, it'd be a curious experiment, if nothing else, to see. Because I think this is like the one movie you could really do that with. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm, I'm not out here saying movies need to be, you know, just for the elites. or no, Smile shouldn't be a $100 no, ticket. No, no, and Avatar shouldn't be a $100 ticket past a day or two. But yeah. it'd be an interesting experiment to see just how much they could charge for this movie for opening day or the first couple of days. But so it's it's the op well it's it's similar to the Playmobil model. Yes. A little bit. It's variable pricing, but right. Playmobil I think was selling tickets for like 75 cents or yes. whatever was in your pocket. Right. Right, right. Right. But uh, but I mean listen, I think this Avatar re-release show listen, Avatar was the biggest movie of all time, so this all this talk about like it's faded out of the pop culture landscape and no one remembers it. I mean, kind of, I guess I don't remember it. We couldn't, we legitimately, we weren't doing a bit. We don't do bits. We couldn't think of what the name of the world in Avatar was. Mm-hmm. We, Clayton had to look up Pandora. But that doesn't matter because 
we're both going to see this movie opening weekend in movie theaters because it's a giant event. Yes. And I think the fact that we haven't been rewatching Avatar on, you know, basic cable and it's not a hotel movie and it, all that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It, you're right. It's not Goodfellas. And I would love to see Goodfellas in 3D on the big screen, but that's not what you need to see Goodfellas on. Avatar, you need to see 3D big screen, and that's how people are going to go see it. Absolutely. So let's talk real quick about Barbarian, another great hold, down only 26%. Mm-hmm. It's adding theaters, 550 theaters. I mean, there's confidence in this movie, and yes. there should be, yes. because people love it. People go with their friends. They're telling their friends, you are going to take your wife to see this yes. movie. So, I mean, this is the type of movie that movie that is going to have legs. We know it. We've seen it. You know, we had our interview with Zach. Great guy. Great interview. Great interview. If you haven't checked it out, we dropped it over the weekend. Zach Kreger, director and writer and voice talent of Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Full episode interview with him. And, I mean, we also, we did have to, in the course of that interview, explain to him the the fact that Barbarian had an incredible hold because he didn't realize that the hold was that great. You know, he had, when he saw that the second weekend drop was, what, 38% or 40%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, at first, was like, oh my God, this is devastating. Almost half of the audience Almost was half, gone. And we, we, which is a great service the B.O. Boys provide, is we could break down the numbers and we explained to Zach that that's actually an incredible hold. Most movies that are number one drop 50, 60, 65%. Horror movies higher than that. And I think we set him on a course to just a happier life because now he he gets yeah. out great barbarian held. Because you're not telling me that this weekend he didn't look at this number, 26%, yes. and thought of our voices and yes. thought of what we would say yep. and be like, Pat himself on the back. Maybe, maybe listen, because he's a humble guy. He's a creative guy. Yes. He's already on to the next thing. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, some great scripts in, in the offing that he's, you know, he alluded to. He's going to do great things. There's a moment when he's having his morning coffee mm-hmm. and he's scrolling through Deadline. And yep. he sees 26 and he does a little smile right. to himself. Right. Right. And he knows. He knows that this is a success. Yes, yes, yes. And and there's a little bit of the B.O. Boy's voice in his head saying, great job, that's a great hold. Exactly, yeah. So that is a great hold. I mean, this movie is for its scale becoming a phenomenon. For he, its scale. For a movie that cost- $4 million. $4 million that at this point is now made, what, 27 domestic in two weekends? 28.4. 28.4 in 10 days. I think we're full on looking at a movie that is going to end up at $40 million or so. I think it's headed that way with these holds. I mean, um, this movie making 10 or $15 million for its entire run would have been fantastic. The fact that now this movie has a shot of getting in the third, it's going to get in the thirties, could hit 40. This is full on a phenomenon Again, for the context of what this movie is. And he mentioned in our interview how the promotion was minimal. We agree. I mean, with something we said beforehand. And say they spent double the budget on promotion. Let's just say, hypothetically, that's eight. This movie made that in its first weekend. 
yes, this movie is clearly profitable. Now, and you could tell that the studio is fully behind it now because, like you said, it added theaters this week. So the theatrical industry went out there. They were getting on the horn last week saying, get me a print of Barbarian. I need a print of Barbarian. We got to show Barbarian. So that's huge. And I don't know if you've seen, I, I, I would advise if you haven't seen the movie yet, don't watch this. But there's a new trailer that the studio cut that's out there that is apparently a more uh, traditional trailer. But it, it, I think it shows confidence in this movie in that, oh, we really want to start hooking people from all ends. So we've been hooking people with the mystery. Here's a version of a more traditional trailer that'll get... It's clear that Disney and and uh, 20th Century Studios know they got something on their hands. And for Disney to care mm-hmm. about a movie that costs $4 million when they're producing Marvel movies, they're not producing Star Wars movies because Star Wars is not a movie franchise anymore, but they're producing Pixar and Marvel and Disney animated movies. The fact that they even are trying with this is shows what a phenomenon this movie has become. Because let's be clear, the spoiler phobia thing is very online behavior. Yeah, yeah. And it's very niche. The general audience will look at a movie and be like, is it exactly what I want? Right. I need to know if it's exactly what I want because this 20 bucks that I'm going to spend for me and my girlfriend and some jujubes. Right. Or me and my wife and babysitter, whatever, that right, money. Right. Or me and my husband. Exactly. Could be me and my one, partner. Me and my partner. We'll go, yes. Exactly. Yes. Want to be our partner. Yes. This is an investment, and I need to know what I'm getting into. Yes. That's why this movie, if it's going to cross into general audiences, big general audiences, needs to reveal things. Yeah, yeah. And and I saw the trailer, and it doesn't, it doesn't reveal, reveal. It still holds mystery, but it gives you- A little bit more. A little bit more, and I think it's going to play to an audience, like you said, that needs that to be drawn out. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that they know they could get that audience now shows the confidence they have in Barbarian. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a phenomenon for what it is. Because listen, Zach Kreger said to us, his best hope when he was making this movie is it ends up on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Which, we love Shudder. Yeah. Getting on Shudder is a great aspiration for anyone to have in life. Absolutely. But this is way beyond getting on Shudder. This movie is going to make $30, $40 million at the domestic box office. And you asked a great question about Barbarian 2. He gave a great answer. And we're just going to be hypothetical here. We know nothing. He revealed nothing. Nothing. Okay, so Disney, don't get on us. We're not, this, he revealed nothing. He did a great interview where he, you know, kept things close to his vest that he needed to. Right. Guy's a pro. But let's hypothetically talk Barbarian 2. Yes. Barbarian 2. We're allowed to do that. We're not in contract with Disney. Absolutely. Barbarian 2, this thing gets promoted like Smile. Because he even mentioned Smile getting the promotion, you know. We'll touch on that in a second. Yes. The Smilers. Yeah, yeah. Showing up everywhere. You know, you're going to have full-on Airbnb barbarian experiences, right? It's going to be like barbarian roulette with your Airbnb. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's going to be a booking. You don't know you get it, and then it's this barbarian experience, right? Yes, that would be great. 
they're going to do that because yep. they have something. I mean, it's so funny. It's like he had to prove you. He had to prove that this thing was worthy for them then to promote it. Where right, it's right. like you already paid for it. You should promote it. Right. But I do understand the business side of it as well. But so that's the kind of thing. If he does Barbarian 2, he might not. Right. But that's what's going to happen. And that thing, and we said it, that that thing is going to open to like 25 or 30. I, I definitely think so. And and Zach, like we said, very humble guy. He would, when we said that, he would not, he had a very bashful note. Who knows? He's an but, artist. But I do think, and he, what's great is he's always got this in his back pocket because he's going to make these other movies and I think they'll be great because he's very good at this. But it's always great for a filmmaker to just in their back pocket Maybe one thing goes sideways, and and I need to cash in and pull out a, a, a get out of jail free card, and he's got Barbarian too in his pocket because I think he ever decides to make that movie, it's going to be at least a big opening weekend because this movie will have name value mm-hmm. going forward. And theaters need those type of movies to keep the lights on so that his other projects can be theatrical releases, which they all should be. Exactly. So I mean, we'll be following the Barbarian situation. I mean. To go back to Don't Worry Darling, you know, we'll get to it later in the week when we do our weekend preview. But I think in the weeks to come, Don't Worry Darling is going to fall below a lot of movies that have opened before it. Oh, absolutely. I think Woman King, who knows, even Barbarian. I could see Don't Worry Darling slipping below those movies over the next three, four weeks. Oh, it's going to take a tumble. Yeah. It's going to take a tumble. So do we, you touched on it, and I know it's a movie that we're going to be predicting on Friday, so maybe we'll save more of it for that, but The Smile Campaign. Great. Love it. Love it. So for those who don't know, Smile, of course, is the horror movie opening this Friday, September 30th, and it's about smiles happening evil. evil smiles people get infected and they start smiling and they kill is what i could glean from extrapolate the yeah and i'd assume that's what it is and the studio and what studio is behind smile i think it's paramount i will double check but here. so the promotional machine for smile kicked in i mean it's there's been billboards and trailers and commercials they definitely Feel confident in this movie. But this past weekend, we started getting a viral campaign for Smile in which people who are, I would assume, are paid actors, you know, background actors and and stuff, they are showing up sitting behind home plate at baseball games and they are smiling straight into the camera for the entire game. And Mm -hmm. we've also, there's been smilers who have been in the outside crowd at the Today Show, so you could see them over Al Roker's shoulder through the glass windows. They're sending smilers to just smile in the background of TV broadcasts. Mm -hmm. And this is brilliant. It's brilliant because as somebody who has worked in promotion, okay, on the streets, boots on the ground, in my younger years. Yes. Uh, and you've been an extra. I've been an extra, yes. Yeah. Paid I'm extra, saying, almost killed yes. Martin Scorsese on, scat, on yeah. set. On set, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you can't say that and just say that it, like it like that because it makes it seem Not like I pulled murder. a gun. No, no, no. It, that didn't happen. An accidental scare. Yes. It'll be in the B.O. Boys memoir at some point. Yes, yes, I did scare you'll him. Pay, you'll pay to hear that story. I unintentionally scared him. Yeah, but you've been an extra. But I've been an extra. And 
this is brilliant. It's such, I, I know what I was paid for. For example, this is TV, not a movie, but uh, let me just use this example. When mm. The Walking Dead first started, okay, they did a viral marketing thing. a long thing. time ago. Yes. They did a, in my younger years, I said in my younger years, yeah, yeah. they did a viral marketing thing where they dressed people up as zombies and they walked across the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. I was one of those zombies. And I'll tell you what I was paid for it. Not very much. Okay. I'll tell you that much. Right. So I am assuming these smilers are getting paid what I got paid, mm-hmm. which was sub $200. The The expensive part of this uh, promotion is the seats at the baseball game. Yes, that, yes, absolutely. That is, but we think all in, each smiler, uh, what is it? What would you say? 15, 1500 per smiler? For the whole night? I think less than that. Right. I mean, do they, does the because, smiler get popcorn? Oh, I don't think, you can't feed the smiler because the whole point is they stare straight ahead, unmoving. You can't, yeah. Have the smiler just start munching down on nachos. But those tickets, a, a Yankees ticket behind home base is going to cost more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, so, yes. but 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 on average. But they've been doing it, and, and listen, we're not a sports talk radio show here. But they've been doing it at lesser games. You know, they yeah. did it at an A's game. I think maybe at a Pirates game. They're not okay. doing. Well, how it, dare you? They're not doing it. Uh, behind home plate at a Yankees game where the tickets are going to be just wildly yes. expensive. They're doing it at, they're probably going on StubHub, people who are just dying to get rid of these late season open yeah, A's yeah. tickets, getting them for, maybe they're even, maybe the, the tickets are not even that much more than the Smiler. The Smiler themselves is definitely the lowest expense. Yes, there. yes, yeah. So I think you could be getting these Smilers for like 300 bucks a pop, and you're getting these tickets. If it's an Oakland A's game, maybe you are getting behind home plate because some guy is just like, I have, I haven't been to a game all season. I'm sick of having these tickets. Mm-hmm. Take it off my hands for 500 bucks. So the thing is, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do it at a highly rated game. Just something that's nationally televised. Yes. Or even if it's not nationally televised, if it's locally televised, somebody is going to capture it. And and you're that's, seeing the way we're the, seeing this is, is through Twitter. Yes. That's how we're seeing it. Yes. Through clips on Twitter, not through the national broadcast. So right. what you're getting is a viral marketing. I know that's a disgusting term, but it's still used. A grassroots viral marketing on the cheap. Yes. Brilliant. More movies. Now, not all movies are set up this way. Smile has such an iconic sort of thing that you can put everywhere. Right. But that's smart, and it's costing them very little. Now, they are shelling out for this movie in bigger ways. Yes. I mean, this this is a ubiquitous trailer. We're seeing it everywhere. But it's these smaller things that are going to stick with you. Yes, yes. And you're right. You can't do this with – which, and I think now you're going to see other movies try and just straight up copy it. Mm-hmm. But what works with the smile is that you don't have to send the person dressed up as something on camera. All they got to do is sit there and hold the smile because if you – tried to do this for Barbarian, and you were like, we got to send people dressed as Barbarians to sit by a Yankee game, uh, you know, sit at a baseball game, they're going to get thrown out of the game. You can't mm-hmm. send people dressed in costume. 
I mean, brilliant viral marketing. And like you said, it's not applicable for everything, though. Definitely not applicable. So, Clayton, I think we've done it. I don't think there's anything left to say. Except for, until next time, we'll we'll smell smell you at the box office. Nailed it.